Good evening, Aaron. Hey, Dad. How are you, son? Blessed. How's the new job? I like it a lot. I uh, I got mad for the first time today, but it's okay. What would you get mad about? I'm sorry? Why would you get mad? Um, Because they weren't taking the customer seriously. There was no sense of urgency. So... I got frustrated with them. Lead by example. I do. Trust me. I do. You're not the manager. Don't make uh, it me. I actually am a manager in training. I am supposed to act like the manager and am expected to act like the store manager when the store manager is not there. I'm getting my own store in three to six months. I got you. Then okay. That's different. And it was also my subordinate, not uh, my boss. Okay. All right. I am uh, I'm going to push through this tonight. I'm feeling like a truck hit me. Oh. Sick? No, I don't get sick. Buy a stripe, some heel. That's awesome. Yeah. Just but tired then? Since yesterday, I witnessed to somebody about healing. I know that Satan has sent his minions to attack me for it. Ah. So, that's how he works. When you witness to somebody about the supernatural, the miraculous power of God, Satan Satan will uh, go to God and he'll say, you know, if I do this and that to him, he... He's right away going to start confessing that he's sick. Ah, No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I have a demon attacking me, and he's manifesting himself in the as a uh, as a fever and as uh, aches and pains. But my God is stronger than him. And I know the Lord is, we're preaching about faithfulness tonight, and I, and I should be expecting, as we go through this faithfulness and unfaithfulness series, in fact, we all should, to be tried and tested, um, but especially those who preach and teach. Those who preach and teach about unfaithfulness and faithfulness, we can expect to be tested so that God can see if we're, if we're hypocrites in our hearts. So that God can expose our own hypocrisies in our hearts if we're willing and able to receive them. Because, let me tell you, I am by no means, by no means am I the authority on faithfulness and unfaithfulness. I am teaching what I've learned, what the Lord has taught me, and I'm still learning all the time. So... We keep that in mind. The Holy Spirit teaches me as he will. It's my job to go out and share what I've learned. Right. It's not my job to have a, you know, to go to cemetery school and be the smartest zombie in the pack and get offended <coughs> when I'm wrong. So, tonight... 
we're going to learn about faithfulness and unfaithfulness. And I think, I think that we can all, if we receive this with, a, with, with openness, if we receive this with an open heart, I think we can all be shocked, surprised, and realize that we've been unfaithful and that we continue to be unfaithful all the time. Every time I search my heart, I find another piece of unfaithfulness. And tonight, tonight, uh, you know, my, my inclination was to call Aaron and say, Aaron, here it is. Go, you know, I am, I know. And I realized the Lord is testing me to see if I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to get up and be faithful. Mm. Satan, Satan is not going to take away what we have. He's Amen. Amen. I would have done it for you, Pops, but I'm proud of you for sticking it through. Well, this is this is the whole point. This is us coming together as a family. This is a body of Christ coming together, and we are exhorting one another. We're teaching one another the things that we've learned. So with all that being said, um, I'm going to. I've, I've got this, this faithfulness and unfaithfulness Bible study that I have has a, an excerpt on, on, on unfaithfulness. And, and we're going we're gonna to discover the definition of unfaithfulness. We're going to go into, um, into discovery of unfaithfulness and then reciprocally we can go to faithfulness afterwards um but but you know you guys aaron you know how i learn uh mom dad you guys know how i learn i research the enemy i research the enemy first and when i know the enemy then i know what i'm not supposed to do i know what i'm not supposed to be because i i felt like i was in the place i was with god my relationship was so fallen down with god because I was never discipled and taught about the enemy. I, I did not understand the enemy until I started studying the enemy. And after I started studying the enemy, I started realizing that is an attack of the enemy. That is an attack of the enemy. The reason I've been doing that is because I've been attacked of the enemy. That's not me. That's an attack of the enemy. But the enemy has been whispering in my ear for decades. Telling me how wicked I was, how unworthy I was how horrible I was. The enemy will tempt you. And then when you get a glimpse of that temptation, just a glimpse of it, entertain it for one second, he immediately convicts you and says, see, see how filthy, dirty you are? You entertained that temptation. You were tempted to do this. Let's say our prayers. Yes, sir. Father, thank you for this time to come together as a family. <clears throat> Please help us as we study tonight to understand your word and to receive a, a revelation of unfaithfulness so that we can begin to live lives that are faithful to you, Lord, that are purely faithful. We we pick up areas of faithfulness and we focus on the areas of faithfulness and we leave other areas of faithfulness by the wayside. 
please open our hearts and teach us to, to, to be a harvest that's a hundredfold. That your seed would fall upon our hearts and be reproduced a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Please come and teach us. Amen. 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 Okay. So the first part's talking, and then we're going to get some scripture. But we're going we're gonna to establish, this is the, the way my brain works, all right? So we're, so we're, we're going to establish boundaries. We're going to establish the left, the right, the up, the down. We're going to establish the 3D dimensional box that unfaithfulness exists in. All right? Not, not, not complicated. I'm overcomplicated in, in my description to you right now. This is very simple. Don't try too hard and miss it. All right? What's, what is the definition of unfaithful? The definition of unfaithful is that we are not observant of our promises, of our vows, of our allegiance, or of our duty. Now think about that. If we're unfair, unfaithful to our marriage vows, if we are unfaithful to God's word, if we've accepted Christ and there's a piece of God's word that we're ignoring to suit our own purposes, that we're interpreting to suit our own purposes, that we're pushing away and saying, well, that was 2,000 years ago or that was uh, three, 4,000 years ago. That no longer applies to me. When we know that Jesus said not one jot or tittle of the law will pass away. So we know what the end of the law is. Love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. And the second one is to love our neighbor just like that. Exactly. And if we do that, all the other laws that apply to us are going to fall right into line. We will fall under the umbrella of every other law. So it's useless to get into arguments about which laws apply to the Gentiles. Are we Jews that are grafted in? Do we follow the Jewish law? All that is useless debate over genealogies that in, that in Timothy we're told to avoid. Walk away. Don't get into those debates with people. It's useless information. We'll never prove to them the answer. If they're arguing that answer, then here's the truth. If they're truly are, it, it's okay to, to query. It's one thing to query, ask a question, seek amongst your peers it's another thing to go around debating a point of christianity and if somebody is going around debating a matter of our faith it's right there in the word what are they we just read it they're unfaithful they're unfaithful they're unfaithful to christ they're unfaithful to god they're unfaithful to his word and he is the word they're unfaithful now let's go deeper what is what is unfaithfulness? You have an allegiance. You have a duty. We've sworn our allegiance to Christ. 
We've sworn, we've yielded up our vessels to Christ. Now, after that, we have the Hebrew word, which I'm going to get to in a second. I'm going to tell you what it is. The Greek and the Hebrew words for this. But the Hebrew word, the literal translation for this is, you have violated a trust or a confidence. You violated. You're a traitor. An unfaithful person to God is a traitor. We like to say, well, you know, I know I've been a little unfaithful in that area, but in God's law, in his word, and we're going to prove this at length, unfaithfulness is a rebellion against him. Yep. Is an out and out traitorous rebellion against him. It's perfidious. That's the literal transmission. Let me tell you what perfidious means, because I didn't know what it means. If somebody calls you perfidious, you should be offended. Perfidious means you are treacherous. You're an unfaithful subject. You're a liar. An unfaithful husband or wife. An unfaithful servant. An unfaithful bailey or agent. Somebody that lies to you, uses you, and uses it to their advantage. Perfidious. Unfaithfulness is not performing the proper duties. The duties that you've agreed to perform. When we took Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we agreed to perform some certain duties. It wasn't just the magic words with no strings attached. We all know what the duties are that we're supposed to perform. We're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. We're supposed to love our neighbor like we love ourselves. We're supposed to go out into the world and spread the gospel. We're supposed to be a witness to other. We're supposed to be a light in the earth. We're supposed to not be afraid. We're supposed to be strong and courageous. We are supposed to be the representatives of Christ on the earth. And Mark 16, which we're going to read later, we're supposed to be operating in the power. Right. And if we're not operating in the power, we have to continue to look at what we're doing wrong as compared to 2,000 years ago to those who were operating in the power. And I believe an enormous part of that is right here in this study we're doing tonight. If we have an area in our life where we've been unfaithful, then I, I, I believe that it's going to be like an engine that's misfiring. There's going to be a, com a, a component of the engine that's misfiring, and it can't produce all the power that it should. God's power is perfectly capable. It's available to us all the time. It is not without limits. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is not limited. Let me take that back. It is not limited. God's power can do anything, anytime. But God has safety mechanisms on that power. Otherwise, Satan would be running around operating in God's power. Satan believes in Jesus. Satan believes in God. So what are the safety triggers, the safety mechanisms that God has on his power? You have to be full of love. You have to be full of faithfulness. 
His word has to be in, alive in you. You have to be a faithful steward, a faithful servant in every possible way. And as we, as we allow Holy Spirit to teach us about the areas in our lives where we have been unfaithful, we will start to see our faith increase. And once our faith increases, we will start operating in the power of God. We'll start seeing manifestations of the Spirit. And now don't get me wrong. There are times, which has happened to me, my children know, my mom, my dad knows. There are times which happened to me that God showed up and showed off. His power operated through me because he will do what he wants. He's God. And I honestly think that at times when God did that, he was either rewarding me or he was putting a carrot in front of a stubborn donkey. Showing me this is what all I have available for you. If you'll give me all of you. Here's a word that we all know that is a direct translation from the Greek. An infidel. An infidel. If we're unfaithful, we are infidels. If we don't believe in God, if we don't believe in his word, if we rebel against him, if we don't walk in his promises, if we don't do what he's asked us to do, if we don't operate in the um, areas of, of servanthood, then we're unfaithful. Then we are infidels. Negligent of duty as an unfaithful workman. Now, let's go down to another set of definitions that I took from um, Strong's. It's a neglect or violation of the vows, promises, allegiance, or other duties. It's a breach of confidence or trust that's been broken. And the word perfidiousness is there again. It's treachery as the unfaithful is subject to his prince or to a state, or to his king. The unfaithfulness of a husband to his wife, or his wife to her husband. The unfaithfulness of an agent, servant, officer. Now it occurs to me every night when dad prays for our leaders in government. There are times when I've been unfaithful in that area. There's times when I've been in open, rebellions, open rebellion against my Lord in that area. There's many, many times that I've asked the Lord for justice to swiftly lock them up. Even to take their lives, smash their teeth, like David asked. And I realized my unfaithfulness in that prayer, that that prayer didn't line up with God's word. So now I pray that justice would, be, would come out, that the truth would come out for all the American people, that America would turn back to God. And I pray for the souls of those who have been wicked, evil, and corrupt. I pray that whatever the outcome, they turn to God even if it's in the last second. We have to be faithful. As distasteful sometimes as it is. 
If someone accuses you of being perfidious, like I said, you should be offended. It means underhanded, treacherous, deceitful, even evil. If you betray people often, you are perfidious. Traitors are extremely perfidious. Now, the Greek word is apostale. It's to be unfaithful. And we're going to read six or seven places right now where the Greek word for unfaithful is used. The first one we're going to read is in Romans 3.3. So turn in your Bibles to Romans 3.3. Romans 3 3. And here's what it says It says, For what if some did not believe? If they didn't believe. Three, 3 says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? And Paul goes on to say, God forbid. Right? But let me read another translation of that. Even supposing that some of them have proved to be perfidious. So he's talking about the people in the church. He's saying, if you find people in the church around you, that have turned out to be downright traitors to God. Does that justify your turning away from God? Does that justify our turning, forsaking what God has called us to do? Certainly not. We cannot use that as our excuse. Our Lord has called us to do things. And if we say, well, there's people out there, you know, hypocrites, and they've, they've, you know, regularly betrayed us. They don't live that life. I'm not, I'm going to forsake the gathering of the saints. Then we have taken their perfidiousness, their unfaithfulness, and we have gathered it in and gone to sleep with it to keep warm at night. The next verse that we're going to look at tonight is Luke 24:11. Luke 24:11. It's just six verses tonight. I didn't want to make it go on and on. Luke 24:11. And Luke 24:11 says, and their words seemed to them as idle tales. So what is he talking about? He's talking about Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other woman that were with them, which had told these things unto the apostles. They came and said, what did they come and say? Saw Christ. So they said, and their words seemed to them, to to the disciples, to be idle tales, and they believed them not. Now, who was perfidious there? Disciples. Unfaithful. Disciples. The disciples, absolutely. Because they responded with unfaithfulness, because they refused to believe, they hardened their hearts 
against the word that was brought to them, the message that was brought to them, they, they were unfaithful. And that message was brought to them before Christ died. Yes. Yes. So how many times if we sit down and read God's word daily, do we find areas in God's word, especially, man, especially if we're reading the prophets, do we, do we find areas in God's word where we have downright rebelled against the truth? We said, no, that's a, that's a mistranslation. That's I'm going to ask somebody else about that. And you know what? Many Christians, if you go to them and say, you know, I was reading this, I, you know, it sounds like it means this, but that's real. That's just crazy. Is it possible that it could mean this? And a whole lot of people that call themselves Christians will be quick to say, yeah, yeah, sure. They're not zealous for God's word. We are not zealous for God's word anymore. We have to be. We have to be. Or my children's children will desperately look for a way to leave this country. Right. And they'll probably be unable to. The next verse we're going to read tonight is one I've read many times. It's Mark 16, 16. Mark 16, 16. We're also going to read verse Mark, Mark 16, 14. So I'm going to read to you Mark 16, 14. And then I'm going to read to you. Actually, you know what? Why don't I just read all three? All right. Afterwards, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and their hardness of heart. In other words, he chastised them. He corrected them. He rebuked them harshly because they believed not the women which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not, or he that's perfidious, or he that is aposteo, shall be what? Condemned. They'll be damned. This yeah. was Jesus' warning to his own disciples. He's saying, all of you didn't believe. All of you rejected the truth. You rejected a supernatural truth. You rejected what I told you I was going to do. Okay, now you go out to the world and you preach the gospel. And any person that does exactly what you guys just did, any person that does exactly what you guys just did, they're damned to hell. If we think Jesus is the blonde-eyed or the blonde-haired, blue-eyed surfer dude, sitting there petting the sheep. They're wrong. He has an aspect like that, that he is also the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he will not tolerate a perfidious servant. And we have to work on our faithfulness now on the earth because he is not going to give us time after the resurrection, after the the after everybody's called up to meet him, 
that is not going to be the time that we go into training for our faithfulness. No. He's already had a whole bunch of angels up there that had to have training in their faithfulness. And their training was they will never be forgiven. They are damned. Right. The next and last verse we have tonight is Romans 11.20. Romans 11.20. Romans chapter 11, verse 20. It says, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Now, what's he talking about? Let's go back a little bit. Let's go back one verse so that we can put this into context, okay? Thou wilt say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. That's what we're trying to say. And a lot of Christians try to say that. The Jews were cut off so that we could be grafted in. Right? Well, he says... Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear the Lord. Now, what's he saying? He's saying because of their disbelief, because they rejected, because they refused to have faith, they were broken off. They were not broken off so that we could be grafted in. I believe the branch could have grafted us in. God can raise up children for Abraham from stones. Yep. God could have grafted us in any way, any shape, anyhow. And we like to be high-minded, and you'll hear preachers preach it. We like to be high-minded and say, well, the Jews lost their chance so that we could be in. And there are some scriptures that taken slightly out of context, they, they can use that for justification to say that. However, right here, Jesus sets the record straight. The Holy Spirit sets the record straight. All right. That's all I got tonight. Tomorrow night, we're going to start out with the Hebrew word for unfaithfulness, which is bagad. Bagad. It means treacherous, wicked, unfaithful, and it also means a whore. A whore. Think about, that. think about that. If we're unfaithful, if we're unfaithful. and think how many times in the, in the Old Testament, God points out that the Israelites are running around being whores. Yep. Over and over. Yes. So the Hebrew so the word Hebrew for unfaithfulness by God is a whorehouse, is whoredom. That you're a central piece of a whorehouse. Let's turn this thing over to dad and uh, then we'll let dad close us out our father in heaven we are grateful to you lord that you have given us the privilege of becoming your children being grafted in father and no you've not taken salvation from the jews they have to believe just like we do but father there disbelief was brought on Lord because of unfaithful prophets unfaithful priests thank you Father that you've given us hope joy peace 
and knowing God that you are an everlasting, all-powerful, wonderful Father. Thank you for the grace that you've given us as your children. Lord, we we want to never forget to pray for our, each of our children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and many with great-great-grandchildren. I might make it there, Father. And Lord, we're thankful that you have given us that peace and that joy. We ask you, Lord, to direct our paths every day. I pray for Sky that, Lord, you give him wisdom as he studies. Open his mind. Help him to open his mind to your word. To have clarity, a vision, Father, for what he's doing. I pray for all that are on this podcast tonight, Lord. Father, I ask you, Lord, and I never want to forget, Father, to pray for our leaders. It was very difficult to pray for Obama, Father. But, Lord, you said to pray for them wherever they were good or bad. And I pray, Father, that you will give wisdom. And, Lord, uh, I would rather see every one of the ones that are doing evil right now receive you as Christ and remain there. But, Father, I know, too, that you said I put them in office and I removed them from office. Father, your purpose is going to be served irregardless. Father, the one verse that we need to think about always, if my people who call themselves by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal their land. And that's where we're at right now, Father. We need a healing of the land, a healing of this world. Father, right now you're working on America. I'm praying, Father, that we will stick with what you have shown us, that we'll be faithful and prayerful for all of our leaders, including our church, churches, Father, including our justice system. All of this is spoken of in the Bible, Father. So we've been warned. And we ask, Lord, that you will just guide and direct our hearts tonight and give us the peace and joy and the hope of a future. Lord, we will count on you to always be faithful, and we can count on you. We just give you praise in the precious name of Jesus tonight. Amen. 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 I love you, family. All right, guys. I love you, Terrell. Good night. Good night.